Hello, everyone. Glad to have you back for another episode. Now that summer is upon us here in uh, upstate New York, it is the perfect time to listen to last week's episode, It's Greater Than Lemonade, featuring, yes, seven-year-old Morgan and mom, Marie Scott. They have a organic treat company and she provides products like fruit roll-ups and with the extra fruit, she made lemonade, different flavors, and they have assorted jams. So they are doing some great things for their community and supporting their community. So head over back to last week's episode and listen to Morgan and her mom, Marie. Then jump back to this week's episode with attorney Sharina and Key Kroll about the different types of business setups and how we can protect our businesses and our families as well. So let's listen in. As moms, we will do anything for our kids. Well, almost anything. Is your child an aspiring entrepreneur or do they already have a business and just don't know how to gain traction, momentum and sales? For the last nine years, I've been guiding my daughter in running and scaling her online baking business. Find out the scoop as we hear from other mom bosses and learn how their kidpreneurs are successfully making five and six figures dominating their markets. What do they know that you don't? Tune in every week while these mom managers spill the tea. Well, lemonade, helping you through the ins and outs of business so you too can guide your kidpreneur to pursue their dreams, build confidence, and their bank account along the way. Join the ranks of this elite mom boss tribe. I am your host, Katrina Wilson, and you are listening to the Lemonade to Laptops podcast. Hello, and welcome once again to the Lemonade to Laptops podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Wilson, bringing you stories of incredible kidpreneurs and their journey to success, but they certainly can't do it alone without some professional help along the way, because it is a long and tough journey and we need that guidance along the way. So today's guest is attorney Sharina Anki Kroll to guide us through properly setting up businesses and really talk to us about the different business types and what might be appropriate and really how to protect ourselves along the way because that's key as well. We really need that protection along the way. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, and she's in New Jersey. I'm up in New York. I love that we could just connect together, you know, through Zoom and our podcast and just bring you some incredible information. So tell us, you know, you're an attorney by trade. Is there a particular specialty that you favor? Sure. So I focus on uh, small businesses and startups, particularly. I, um, I live in New Jersey. My office is in New York City, right in the heart of Manhattan uh, by Bryant Park. So um, if you happen to be in New York City at any point, know that my office is probably right around the corner um, because it's right in the, in the middle of everything. Um, so anyway, going back to what you were saying, um, yes, I do focus on startups and uh, small businesses. So I help people with um, their needs in business law, contract law, trademark law, and copyright law, four areas. Those are the only areas I practice. So, um, you know, if you have questions on any of those areas, that's, you know, that would be what you would ask me. 
So you are our woman. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you are the go-to girl here. <laughs> Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> yes, yes. Because this is what we need. Because I have so many parents that, you know, come to me and say, how do I do this? Like, so we have these kidpreneurs and it's mm-hmm. becoming more and more popular. These kids want to get into business, but the parents just don't know, like, okay, if they're not an entrepreneur and they haven't researched it themselves and what to do, but they're still asking like, how do I do this? Do we put things in my kid's name? Do we not put things in our name? What what do we do? How do we protect ourselves? So maybe you can go over the different types of businesses and then we can get into the nitty gritty of protecting ourselves and our families. Sure. Thanks, Katrina. So, um, you know, before I start talking about everything, um, you know, really go into it, I just want to mention that each person's situation is different. You know, your goals for your business are different. What's happening with your business would be different too. So none of what I'm saying today is legal advice. It's for informational purposes only. So if you have any specific questions, just understand that I don't know your situation. So for me to answer to that, I would have to know your background, Uh, but I'll talk in very generic terms. So it's relatable and um, you can use that information. Um, So there are various types of uh, business entities available for people to choose from. So based on what you're planning to do with your business down the road or what your situation is currently, you would be able to pick, you know, um, an unincorporated business, which I highly do not recommend because there is no separation between your personal assets and your uh, business assets. Usually what happens is if you want the ease of um, tax filing and you want to keep everything simple, you pick the LLC structure because it doesn't have very stringent, strict requirements like a corporation, like annual meetings, you know, filing separately for your business. If it's an LLC, it's a flow through entity for taxes. Um, But, you know, I'm not a tax attorney, so I can't even talk on taxes, Um, but it's an easier way of maintaining your business um, while still having the separation between your personal and business assets. So the LLC is usually the most popular uh, business structure that people go for. But then there are others who want to keep everything very formal. They want to potentially attract investors or have overseas investments. So in that case, um, you know, the corporation, the corporate structure would be a better choice. So it all depends on what you're planning to do. Um, and in addition to that, if you are partnering on with someone for your business, you know, you want to form a partnership. Um, that's also a possibility. So what you have to keep in mind is, you know, you need to speak to someone like myself to see which is a better structure for you by talking about what your future goals are for yourself, for your child, you know, because you are the guardians of your children and their businesses because um, you're doing both. So you need to discuss various aspects to figure out which structure would, you know, best suit your needs. And that's what I was going to say. Like everybody's situation is different and everybody's family is different. So to specifically say, okay, you go down this road or you, you really have to talk to an attorney and your tax advisor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, everybody's situation is different. So if somebody was looking into this, that's the steps they would take was, would really, you know, talk to an attorney first, and then maybe either a tax advisor or a tax attorney as well. Right, right. Because, um, you know, just like, just like, you know, we both mentioned, everyone has different, a different situation. 
not just what they need from their business or legally, but also from their taxes, right? Everyone is in a different tax bracket. Everyone has different things to lose. Everyone has different things to protect. So um, with all those things considered, you have to keep in mind that what works for one person may not work for the other. So it's hard to just, you know, blanketly say, okay, well, this is a, the best structure for you. So we would have to have, a, you know, substantive um, and a subjective talk. And really every state is different, correct? Absolutely. So every state has, you know, different requirements for what they need for each of those structures, how you're filing for those structures. So, um, you know, because it's a state specific matter, when you are forming uh, a business, it's very state specific. So your state's rules would be governing how you start a business and which business would be better to because each of them will have different tax implications on top of everything else. Well, and I've learned um, each state has different fees. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of yeah. course. And uh, in New York City, um, there's the publication requirement, which is absolutely unnecessary in my opinion, because um, you have to publish in two separate newspapers if yes. you are you know, going to form an LLC and it takes a very long time and it gets quite expensive. So, you know, we can discuss where it would be a better option for you to possibly form LLC if you wanted to start it elsewhere. If you could start it elsewhere, sometimes you can't because you have, you just have no connection to another place to start your business. So those are other intricate ideas. Um, thanks for bringing that up, Katrina. Yeah, because um, when I started my LLC, I'm like, okay, I have to publish this. And then of course we had COVID going on and like, because I started a new one in 2020, mm -hmm. Lemonade to Laptops, and I had to publish in two different newspapers and right. I could see where it could get very costly if you're in a particular section of, of the United States. I mean, I'm in a rural area, so the newspapers aren't that expensive to publish but I could see where it could get quite costly. Right, absolutely. Um, and in New York County, actually, it's the most expensive if your business is in New York County um, because the newspapers that um, you have to uh, publish and one of them is the, uh, the New York Law Journal, which is, of course, the most expensive one. Oh, my goodness. And then yeah. the second one, yeah, the second one, the clerk chooses for you. So that could vary by a few hundred dollars, but it's always the New York Law Journal and then something else. Ah, so what if you decide to move out of your state that you filed your LLC in? Well, you have a choice at that point. You want to keep your business there because you've already established it there and just assign a registered agent. Mm -hmm. um, can someone else take care of your business? Are you selling it? You know, do you want to just start a business, a completely different business elsewhere? Do you want to move it? There are a lot of um, different options you would have at that point. Of course, you know, if you wanted to just transfer your assets to another business or maybe even merge it with an existing business at a new state, you know, there, there are a lot of options. <laughs> so okay. we would have to see what the situation is. Right. Okay. What do you recommend for people that are, are getting into this and, and just, just starting, just starting to look and go, okay, now... I've heard of some kids that the parents want to trademark their business or mm -hmm. trademark, you know, say, say a kid comes up with a shoe line. I'm, I'm thinking a particular kidpreneur, he mm -hmm. now came up with a shoe line and he wants to trademark his shoes. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that could be a costly expense as well. Yeah, it's a costly expense, but I'll tell you what, if you don't do it, it's an even costlier mistake because okay. think about trademark um, registration as insurance, just like your car insurance. You hope to never have to use your car insurance, but if you get into that accident, you better hope you had that really okay. good insurance, right? So it's like that. Um, so you, do you want me to go a little bit into what trademark is? Sure, Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for those of us who may not know what a trademark is, I like to explain it to my clients as it's the mark of your trade. So it's a play on words. So trademark, mark of your trade. It has to be um, a mark associated with your business, right? It can't be, hey, my trademark is my eyeliner because I wear it all the time. Um, I used to actually say that in high school, that it's my trademark. I'm always wearing it. And now that (laughs) I practice trademark law, I'm like, that is completely incorrect. (laughs) <laughs> because I don't have a, an eyeliner business, you know? So if I, if I had an eyeliner business, then I could pick a name for it and a logo for it and a slogan for it. And then that would be the trademark of okay. the eyeliner. But if you, if you don't actually have a business, then you can't call it a, a trademark. So it has to be the mark of your trade. And again, what can be trademarked most generally are the business names logo, slogan, um, and then product names. So let's do go back with what Katrina was giving me an example of this kidpreneur with the shoe line. Each shoe line has a different name. So you can trademark the, the different names of the shoe lines on top of the actual business name. And you should do that because that is the identity of the brand. And what you're trying to do with trademark law is protect the identity. So once that identity is stolen, that's a problem. And not even stolen. So there are many instances where some clients say, okay, well, you know, I just never thought of it. Or I just thought who's going to steal this name. Um, you know, a lot of times people come come up with the same name independently of each other at different parts of the country, even different parts of the same town. Um, and it's it's not malice. It's just whoever got it first and right. thought, about mark, uh, thought about registering it. So whoever gets to register it first, has the upper hand in uh, protecting their brand, right? So let's say I started, I started company A with uh, with the same name as Katrina, and I decided to trademark that name, but Katrina didn't. So once I'm getting established, I can say, hey, you need to stop using this name. But meanwhile, she spent quite a lot of time and money into uh, putting her business name out there, putting her brand name, um, you know, out in the world, so people yeah. know her as that name already. So even if you don't have to stop using it right away, you may have to pay me some money to allow you to use it now because my registration is complete. So not only can I ask you to stop using it completely, I can ask you to pay me some money to coexist. Um, So there are many ways of, of, you know, working with the trademark, but if you don't have it, it's a huge mistake and huge costly mistake. Mm, okay. It's worth it. If you're at what point do you think you would do this? Sure. So a lot of people think that you need to wait until you have a business or a product in order to um, register your mark. That is not the only way. And sometimes that is not the right way to go about it because there are two ways of applying for a trademark. One is in use and commerce, meaning, Hey, I'm already using this name. Um, or logo or slogan uh, in commerce already, meaning it's the business is already happening. 
or you can go um, the other route, which is uh, the filing basis, which says intent to use, right? So the intent to use basis trademarks basically tells the United States Patent and Trademark Office, known also as the USPTO, that, hey, I have a bona fide intention of using this name or logo or slogan um, in the near future. So what happens is you put in that application, obviously, given that there are no other um, problems with it, like there's no other uh, company using that name or that logo or slogan, I always have to clarify. Um, <clears throat> So if there are no other issues, you're basically telling the USPTO to basically hold it, right? So once you have the, the business going on, you can then provide them proof with, um, you know, with the fact that you're actually now using it so they can move on to the next step and get you registration. Okay. Okay. Is it, so is that, it's not based upon, are there different fees based upon state or no? No, so uh, the trademark I'm talking about, it's federal, so it protects you in the entire country. And if you at some point wanted to move overseas, having that US trademark actually gives you a better chance of getting it in other countries than you would have otherwise. So it's, you know, it's not worldwide, it's countrywide. So each country has its own intellectual property laws that surround it. So once you get the, the US PTO's trademark registered, you're protected all over the country. And um, what some people don't know is that it's a very long process. It can take up to 18 months to get the registration. So I have had clients who, who came to me and said, no, 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 you know, I'm, I'm already done with the trademark. I paid for the clerk's office and they gave me a paper. And I'm thinking, no, you didn't. <laughs> Probably <laughs> filed something else that you think is a trademark because there is no way you can get it over the counter. It's it's not an over the counter sort of situation. Um, so you know there there are a lot of misconceptions about how a trademark is is registered, how long it takes, um, and how easy it is because it can get really really complicated if you do it incorrectly. Okay. Uh, let me let me say that again. If you, if you think you're going to file it by yourself because it looks easy and then you hire an attorney to fix your mistakes, you're going to end up paying a lot more. Right, uh, right. Yeah, and that's fine with me. I mean, I, you know, if you want to pay me more to correct it, that's fine. But I prefer to do it clean from the beginning. Right. Um, so there are no issues that, you know, that show up that shouldn't have. Okay. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. Thank you for clarifying all that because mm -hmm. I didn't even all that, you know, I'll, I will see that some businesses have the trademark and mark and I'm just like, mm -hmm. well, okay, is it worth it to get it? Should you do it? Should you not? Should, so that, thank you for clarifying that. Of course. And you know, especially if it's a name that is very unique, you really want to protect it because that is your entire brand, right? So in the very beginning of your business, your biggest asset is, is that identity of your business, right? It's not that you're making millions of dollars. Um, so you want to protect that identity and allow it to grow without fear of someone potentially taking it. So you want to just get all this done in the very beginning of your business so you can just watch it grow. Um, and then if and when you want to sell your business, a prudent buyer will ask you for the trademark registration because what they're buying is the business asset, right? So they don't want you potentially buy into a lawsuit. If your mm, business is nice. secured in that way and it could infringe on someone else's intellectual property. 
someone may not want to buy that business or invest in it because I know investors, that's one of the things that they look for. Is your intellectual property secure? And if it's not, they tell you to go and find an attorney to secure your intellectual property, which is, you know, the copyright, the patents, the trademarks, and then come to them because they don't want to invest in a risky situation. Right, right. That makes total sense. Yeah. So lemonade to laptops has to be trademarked. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to put you on the spot. <laughs> That's what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. And another thing too, that, um, that I should mention, you know, once you, uh, once you register a trademark, it's only going to protect you for the international class that you're registering for. So an international class, I want you to think of it as a category. So when you're applying for a trademark, you have to specify to the USPTO exactly what your business is. And it will fall into one of their many categories that they have. And then there are subcategories. So, um, you know, for like a podcast, you know, it would be very specific to podcasts. So let's say you placed, um, you know, you submitted an application for your, your uh, podcast name. It's not going to be protected for everything else under the sun, like coffee, for example. So if I wanted to go and, you know, open up a coffee shop, lemonades to laptops, which makes no sense for a coffee shop, I understand. Right, <laughs> then right. I would be able to do that um, unless you become very famous and everyone just assumes that you are the same company that's now opening the, the coffee shop. So, so, a, mm-hmm. so it only protects you under that certain category. Yeah, right. A lot of people don't oh. know that. Right. They think, you know, I have it for X, so it should, pro- it should provide me with protection for Y and Z as well. But it, it doesn't work that way. So can you apply for different categories or no? Yes, you can apply for it as long as you, you're actually in business for that category. Because remember, you always have to provide proof that you're using it. Sure. Or that you have actual bona fide intention of using it within like a six month period, six months to a year. That's, um, you know, extensions. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how you keep all this straight, but <laughs> it's a lot of information. And, you know, a, a lot of times I, if I'm doing in-person events, which, you know, now I'm now they're becoming distant memories. Sometimes I'll look at my audience and they're like, there's just like a, a gaze on their face. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of information so you know if you get confused or if I didn't explain something correctly just um let me know no no but this is all good this is great because this is the stuff we need to know because that it's not even in my my thought process where this is your wheelhouse this is you so this Mm -hmm. is great um so how do we ultimately how do families kids ultimately protect ourselves besides the trademark we we were going to dive into just protecting ourselves along Mm -hmm. the way sure so now in the age of social media you know I can bet pretty much 99% of the people that are listening would be on social media either them or their kids that are doing the business right Um, so by doing that you know social media is a great tool to be out there um, to promote yourself I've recently started to ramp up my um uh, Instagram usage, which has been great because I'm reaching people who I would have never reached otherwise. It's a great marketing tool. But what you're doing at the same time is you are exposing your brand to everybody else. So, you know, it's not like before social media, um, the social media age where it was harder for 
people to find your business, right? So it's great. It's a great tool to put your business out there, but it's also very bad if your brand identity isn't protected. So every time you're posting on social media, you want people to see you, you want your business to be known. But at the same time, the more it's known, the more people are going to wonder, hey, is that protected? If not, let me try to get that name for myself, you know, for the same or uh, similar type of business. And that's a problem. Right. Well, and I always advise parents, and I hope this is right, but when they're picking out their business name, I say to them, go on all the different social media outlets, platforms Mm -hmm. that you think you, you are currently using, but even you might use in the future and kind of stake your claim, grab that username, grab that now, because in the future, somebody might already grabbed it and then you're out of luck. No, you're absolutely right. That's, um, that's something I advise to my clients um, when I'm doing consultations and they're not even thinking that far ahead, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have to advertise on social media or have a presence. They don't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. You should grab the handles now. And then, um, and then you know, you don't have to launch right away just because you're grabbing handles, right? You don't have to launch right away. Um, but if you have certain names, certain unique names, especially, you should try to grab the handles and then, you know, speak to an attorney, get your, you know, get all your um, ducks in a row, speak to them, see what you need to do, what strategy um, your attorney can give you as far as brand protection, as far as business structure um, and everything else. Um, So that way, at least you know what your options are, then you can make an educated uh, decision. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny getting into this realm, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy my domain and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to look and see. I was shocked to find out that some domain purchasing and trading, and I don't know if it's trading or, you know, buying some, your domain, you, you actually could pay thousands of dollars for it. Yeah. And it's not even that some people will come to you. They will solicit business from you by saying, Hey, this name's, this name looks like uh, something you should have because I checked out your business and I'll sell it to you for $10,000 or whatever. Um, I have received emails myself saying, Hey, I can sell you this like law related domain for like $15,000. And I said, I don't, you know, obviously didn't respond, but it's not something I want, but I can see where, you know, very niche, like very specific type of business owners may be tempted to say, yeah, I want to take it. Um, So, you know, if you can think of something that's, if you can think of a name that's really specific and great for your business, definitely go grab it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that, that's what I'm, and I've noticed like shorter, like, um, you know, even if it's like kid biz, you know, like those are all taken, but the shorter they are, the, the, the more expensive they are. So yes, because they're more catchy. So people will remember them. They can remember them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so another, another thing I wanted to mention, uh, talked about, you know, protection. So definitely don't ever get into any, um, leave any uh, business deals without having a proper contract in place. I see this so many times. And, you know, one of my very great clients who has many businesses, she just, I don't even know how many businesses she has at this point. And I advise her, make sure you don't get into deals without, you know, having a proper contract in place. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have all these other things I'm running. So I'm, I'm good. 
And, you know, this was a, a year ago, right before the pandemic started, she got into a business deal with a so-called friend and she never, I even drafted all the contracts for her. Oh no. And, uh, she never signed them. And now there's a, there are huge, there's two huge lawsuits that are going on back and forth with, with my clients and that person. And, um, you know, there's a, there are allegations of theft of the trademark registrations, you know, there's all these other things that uh, that you don't you wouldn't think there would be so much drama in what I do, but it's very <laughs> dramatic. Oh, I'm sure you have ton of stories. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm just like, okay, I didn't think this this area of law was going to be this dramatic. It's not a it's not divorce law, you know. <laughs> right, right. Oh gosh. So, yeah, I didn't realize, but you know, just don't get into any any type of business deal without a proper contract in place. That's my number one of the number one advice I can give you have contracts. Absolutely. Do not, yeah. And do not download it off the internet, please. That is a huge mistake um, because people just want to get that free, free download from the internet. And, you know, there's a price you're going to pay for having free things. Um, nothing is free. Just remember that it's free because whoever drafted it didn't see any value to it. Um, so it's, it's there, but it won't be covering the items you need it to cover for your business. Have a contract drafted just for your business. Um, and you speak, when you speak to an attorney, they're going to know exactly what clauses to put into your contract after discussing the little minor details that you don't think would be a big deal, but um, they are. And, um, you know, just, just pay for it upfront so you don't pay for it later on with with legal um issues or lawsuits well that totally makes sense because you're you're on the internet finding a broad general contract mm-hmm. that doesn't fit everybody's situation right so it's not going to protect you in the way yeah. you need to be protected absolutely and you know what it is uh, something people don't really realize it's actually worse to have a bad contract than to not have a contract at all. Because then if there is an issue and if there's, let's say, a lawsuit down the road, the judge is going to say, you knowingly signed this so-called bad contract. It's not like you didn't know what you were signing. You read it, you agreed to the bad terms. So there's nothing we can do. Whereas if you didn't have anything to begin with, at least there's some wiggle room to say, I didn't fully understand what I was getting into, right? That's not to say I'm telling you to not have a contract. It's quite the opposite. I'm telling you to have a good contract right. written by an actual attorney for your business. So yeah. please resist the urge um, to download these free contracts. They're nothing but trouble. They're okay. just really bad. No, that's that's great. And can we talk about emails and websites and how we have to have our privacy uh, privacy policy and terms and condition and an unsubscribe button just to protect us along the way because it's the law, right? Right. So there's a, that there's an anti-spam law that requires people who are basically, let's call it what it is, spamming everybody <laughs> with uh, with their marketing materials, right? So if you're sending people um, solic- solicitation materials by email, you are required to have an unsubscribe button so people can opt out of receiving those emails. Um, I, at this point, I am forgetting the exact name of the law that, uh, that you know, makes the requirement, 
but you know, I can find that out for you if you're really interested. Just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> or you could just Google it on your own. Uh, but yeah, definitely have a way for people to opt out, even if they opted in at some point. Let's say you have a trade show and they said, okay, you can, you know, sign me up for a newsletter. Make sure it still has that opt-out button because people get annoyed or they're not interested anymore. So they should have that option to opt out. And, you know, it really makes no sense to have dead weight on your uh, mailing list anyway, because they're not going to do anything. So who you want are the people that actually want to receive those materials in the first place. Absolutely. Because on a lot of platforms, you have to pay for the number of people on your list. So Mm -hmm. why would you want 500 people on your list that are never, ever going to be your customer and they're not your ideal client? So get them off. (laughs) Yeah. Just get them off. So now, oh my gosh, thank you. You have given us a ton of information. I'm just like, Oh, I have to go back and listen to all this and make sure I take notes. Um, Is there anything else that you want to tell us before we wrap up or touch on? Sure. So, you know, this is a very unique podcast that you're hosting. This is actually uh, one of the, this is the first time I'm sort of addressing children. Um, I've never done that. So I've always, you know, address adults and their businesses. So what I would say to, you know, to the parents listening is that, you know, you, you have a great deal of responsibility, not just for raising your children, but almost raising your children's children, which are the businesses of, uh, of your children, right? So you have to be very, uh, very vigilant on, on how you're putting the business out there and how, how you're structuring it and protecting it. So it's, it's more than necessary that you do get the right advice instead of asking people legal questions on, um, on places like Facebook groups or now Clubhouse. And I mean, sometimes I listen to these questions or read them and I'm just like, oh my God, this is a really important question. You're asking people who don't have any idea and there's like a, a ton of bad information and bad advice that, that's being given and these people are taking it. And um, so, you know, resist the urge to, to make it cheap in the beginning so you can get to the finish line, because if you do the cheap work in the beginning, you may never end up at the finish line. And your whole goal is to build this empire for your children. So you want to do it the correct way. And because it's very subjective, you know, the business is very specific to you guys. Um, you want to make sure you got the right information. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I've learned along the way. It's, it's so individualized and you want to have the correct foundation and you actually want to teach and train your kids how to do it correctly, you know? So yes, thank you so much. How can people get a hold of you if, you know, how can they find you on social media or just if you have a website? What's- sure. Um, so my website is ankikirolaw, A-N-K-H-I-K-R-O-L-L-A-W.com. Maybe you can just type it out too somewhere. Um, I will have I will have all the information in the show notes as well. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and, yep. um, you know, you can easily find me on social media. I'm, I'm very active on Instagram as of like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, my handle is uh, A-N-K-H-I-K-R-O-L-L-A-W, the same as my website, just one word. And, you know, if you want to email me, it's always um, good to hear from people. So it's info at ankyprolaw.com. 
Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much for your time and finally yeah. connecting. It's great to connect with you. Yeah, and I'm sure I will be in touch about maybe a trade. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming on. I totally appreciate it. And we will certainly have you back because I'm sure we'll have more questions. Yeah. I would love to come back. And, you know, if you have more specific um, questions that people had, I can definitely address those in a non-specific way because I don't want it to be seen as legal advice. <laughs> right, right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. And don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. It really helps get the word out about the podcast so we can help other moms and aspiring kidpreneurs. And on June 15th, I will be kicking off my summer series, a 16-week jam-packed, short, informative episodes to listen on the go. I know as busy, busy, busy moms with small children, you are on the go. And this is really meant to have really short, informative podcast episodes that you can listen to on your daily walks or having your morning coffee or at sporting events. So watch out for my summer series and also watch out for the release of my new ebook, How to Kickstart Your Child's Business with Confidence Today. Yes. So watch out for that. And if that's not enough, grab the fiber link in the show notes for all your done for you Instagram templates to help you create a professional look and attract your ideal client while saving time and money. As always, I'm your host, Katrina Willen. As always, I'm your host, Katrina Wilson, and I appreciate you tuning in and we will see you next week on the Lemonade to Laptops podcast.